Welcome to The After Pulse, a bonus episode from Mary, SJ, Jason, and PJ, your Community Pulse hosts. Here's what they're saying about this episode. Hi. Hi. Hey, that was... Should I say it? Because I say it for every after pulse. Here it comes. It that was, was a, an it awesome was a great episode. episode. It really was, though. And that's what I'm going to say from now on every time. Yeah, but like, I mean it. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's it's so hard because I feel like every time we do this, it's like, I don't, maybe we're just hitting our stride. And it's like, yeah, we're, we're nailing this shit. All yeah. Right. Like, hard-hitting topics and and dissecting them in ways that I think are accessible to people who whether they've been doing DevRel for a hundred years or they've been doing DevRel for 10 minutes. I think that, you know, this in particular is an episode, is, is an episode talking about a subject where, um, I mean, basically this is a matter of you could step out of your door and you're already have your foot in dog shit. Well, and I think, I think what I appreciate about this episode and I didn't necessarily see it going in this direction when we came up with the topic and the information about it and the questions and everything else but there's so much of the answers to how do we address X and how do we handle this situation and what do we do here that the go-to answers that folks were giving that both Don and Coraline were giving were my go-to answers for how do we deal with questions, technical questions we don't know, or how do we make sure that the company that we're joining knows what they're doing about DevRel or knows how to handle like the interview questions and the how do we handle situations we're not comfortable with and all of that, I was realizing as we were talking about it, just it goes back to the the same principles of like, how do we make sure that a DevRel team is set up for success internally before you join the company, right? Same types of things. You talk to the stakeholders, you figure out what the plans are, you figure out how the culture handles it and what their intentions are with the program. And all of those types of things that it's the same questions you ask to try and figure out how ethical a company is and what their viewpoint is on those things as well. Right. I think, I think a lot of it boils down to ability to communicate, not just, and understand when I say communicate, I'm not just saying broadcast. I'm saying communicate. That means listening too. Listen. And I think that sometimes there's even, you know, we, we talked about, you know, things that pop up are little red flags that if you're not, actively listening in an interview process or with a talk with a new manager or things like that, you might miss them. And the, 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 key, the key there is, you know, you could find yourself in a, a situation that challenges your ethics unintentionally if you're not paying attention. But like you were saying, Mary, I think sometimes it's very much in the nature of what we do in DevRel that we have to be constantly paying attention. Mm-hmm. Because we can get so much in the weeds and with the work that we do that is so cross-functional, cross-org, um, we're touching so many different parts of the business. And so we're thinking about so many things at the same time. And so we use our plans and our like, I don't know what it is, your metrics, your North Stars, whatever it is, to make sure that the work you're doing in a given day is appropriate, right? And so I feel like what Cora, Coraline was saying about um, creating the kind of your own personal code of conduct to just sort of summarize what she said um, or a code of ethics, you can use that in, the, in this moment where you're asking yourself a million different questions at once. You can go back to that as your sort of personal North Star. Um, and yeah, absolutely makes sense and aligns with the way that we approach the work that we do every day. And it's even more helpful because it's such an emotional, hard to navigate, you know, 
set of problems. Right. And I think I was just going to say, I think having that code of ethics prepared is what helps us then listen better, but also helps us if maybe you're listening and asking the right questions and either getting the wrong answers or the company decides to switch things up or something changes that you had no way of knowing what was coming down their line, right? Like there's definitely the, I was not fully present in the interviews or in talking to the community members. And so I didn't see this coming and I should have. And then there's the flip side of like, wait, hang on. I thought the company was going to uh, Australia and we turned and went to South America instead. Like completely different plan that I wasn't expecting. But either way, having that code of ethics that's for you personally helps you kind of go and both ask the right questions during the interviews and when you're talking to the community members. But also when that ship changes unexpectedly, you can look at it and go, okay, great. Here's the situation that I'm in now. What do I do? How do I proceed? Who do I talk to internally to see if change is possible? And if it seems to be possible, here's how long I'm I'm willing to stick it out and what needs to happen, the benchmarks that we need to hit to make sure we're moving in that direction. But then if it doesn't change, here's, here's my line in the sand, right? And I, that's a conversation I have with DevRel professionals with regard to metrics and how the team is being treated internally and how they know whether or not they should be looking for a new job and all of those things. And I mean, Jess West did a talk about that at DevRelCon in London this past year. Like, how do you know when it's time to look for a new job? And what are the questions that you ask your stakeholders and executives? And these are conversations that we're having already. It's just a matter of looking at it through the lens of now we're talking about ethics. How does this apply to the same conversations we're already having in this new and different circumstance. Yeah, I think that navigating this in tech, it re- this is just another reinforcement for it. There's that notion of something called um, a fuck you fund, basically, which is something that people talk about in relationships a lot, where you know when you're in a financially kind of codependent relationship and you save a little money on the side so that you have that safety net to escape. Um, if you need to, and to put it in, you know, harsh terms, but yes. Um, and that's something I think, and I'm sure has come up for, for other folks in other talks that adding the ethics component to making sure that you have, you know, an intentional savings where possible, of course, not everyone can have the luxury of, of thinking through that. Um, but this ethics component adds just another level of, of, I don't know, um, intensity or, or pushes you more to, to thinking about having these, you know, savings and plans and safety nets. It's a weird world we lived in, we live in right now. It's a kind of tenuous. To say, to say the least. And I think that's the interesting thing that I think Don touched on a bit and, and Coraline even a little bit. Sometimes when these ethical issues come up, it's a, it's a gut punch. Like there's an emotional component, especially if you're the one kind of getting, uh, sideswiped and you had, you did not see it coming at all. Um, you know, it, you, and this, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about during the episode about there's no way you can know everything that's always going on, going on. There's no way that you can know that like you're working for a company, the CEO, you know, four years ago ran, uh, some sort of like weird racist fantasy website, Like you have no way of knowing everything that happened to everyone all the time, every place that you go. It's it, so a lot of times when someone comes up and says, Hey, you know, your CEO used to run this weird website and you're like, wait, what? Like I would never 
oh my God, what am I doing here? Like, I'm going to quit today. Uh, but sometimes you can't quit today. And like, I think there's, there's, there's kind of a, an addendum onto what happens when the gut punch comes. Mm-hmm. Like, cause Absolutely. you know, at so many of us, our reactions are whether we are able to or not is like, fuck this, I'm out. Whether right. you, whether you have fuck you money or not, you're like, nope, I'm d- I'm done. I'm leaving. And, and then, you know, usually you sleep on it and you wake up and you're like, oh yeah, I actually can't do that. I have to pay rent. That bed that I just slept in kind of has to be paid for. Um, so like, it's, 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 it's a really difficult situation we put on and that ties and into, think, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mary. I, like I was just going to say, I think that ties into our personal brand. Like That's one of the things that, ah, uh, I stole it. Ha. Um, <laughs> Episode over think, done. Right. <laughs> But there's so many times when, you know, I'll have people ask me like, oh, well, how do you, how do you find your next new gig? How do you find your new company? How do you figure out where you're going next? What should I do? Because, you know, I'm struggling to find a new job or I'm struggling to uh, figure out what I should do next. And so many people seem to just get hired based on network. And like, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, I know some folks who have never had to apply to a job in the last 12 or 15 years, right? And that, I'm I'm not saying everybody will get to that level because I think that's a very special group that even I don't know how to get into. Like, that's not a thing I've done, but it's just, it's, it's one of those things where the more that you're networking and the more that you're getting to know folks one-on-one and establishing your personal value and the, the unique way that you do develop relations and build relationships and the network that you bring with you, there's times when, you know, that ship turns and you have to get out and you go, okay, I'm getting out and maybe you can't, maybe you don't have a savings account that you can fall back on. Maybe you live in San Francisco where rents are stupid and the bed that you're paying for is in a tiny closet and you're still paying thousands of dollars a month. Not bitter at all. Um, We all make choices, Mary. We all make choices. But I think there's times when you can say I need out and I need out now. And realistically speaking, I still have to pay the bills. And so I will actively start looking and start going to my network and start, you know, pulling all the threads that I can possibly pull to see what I can find while at the same time continuing to do my job because let's face it, this is reality and I have to pay my bills. And if people start questioning my integrity on it, I can tell them, look, I'm actively working to get out, but I have to pay my bills. So this is the situation I'm in. Right. right? I mean, which is true of one of the people that we wanted to invite to the show as a guest for this episode um, stated they were not able to come on the show because they didn't feel that they were divorced enough from the the issue yet, but it was working at a company that had an ethical quandary, um, could not immediately leave, was going on the road and doing talks um, to the point where community members were concerned about how people were treating this person um, and, and reaching out to organizers and saying, Hey, make sure everybody's cool with this person because it's not their choice of what's going on at that company, but they're stuck right now. Um, which to me, when I found out about this, like, you know, I don't cry much, but I was pretty close because that says the community's all right. We're doing okay. People care. And that's what matters. Um, but at the same time, like I also understood this person's situation of, you know, I do not have the financial stability or I do not have the, the fuck you money, or I don't have 
a job lined up right away and I need insurance or I need, you know, whatever. Um, it's the reality of the situation, uh, which kind of also brings up, you know, the current political climate. You know, there was a debate last night. Doesn't matter when this episode goes out. I'm probably still right about there being a debate last night. Doesn't matter when you're listening. I'm still probably right. Um, but one of the things that keeps coming up during this election cycle is universal health care. Um, Don brought up that he feels more comfortable working in the Netherlands because he's got protection. And the thing is, in, in countries that have uh, universal health care, it is less of a concern to just say, I don't like the way this company is doing things. I'm walking away. Um, we don't have that in the U.S., so people have that fear. It's, it's a lot easier to just say, I don't like the way things are going. Let me step out the door. It's also interesting to note that a lot of these countries that have universal health care also have just sort of a different set of shared ethics and values as a political climate in any case. So that makes the situation generally better for folks. Not to say that's perfect by no yeah. means is it. But... And it's not, it's not universal. Some countries are, you know, just as fucked up as we are. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the same time, it's it's about having the ability to protect yourself in, in your employment situation. And especially I, right now where things are just so acutely weird yeah. and divided. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love to circle back to something that was actually in the description for this episode, which, you know, there's nothing really in place right now that shows us how to be an ethical DevRel practitioner. So where does that leave us? Like we've got a couple talks. Don's given a couple talks now. I know a couple other folks have given general talks about ethics and, and how we handle different situations. I know a couple folks who are interested in giving talks about that. I'm one of like, them. I've been submitting a talk around this year. Yeah, exactly. But where does that leave us right now? We don't have a lot of resources. We don't have a lot of people talking about it. Well, I think, we... I think in some ways it's very similar to the very early movement of the idea of a code of conduct at a conference. Um, in the beginning, for you kids out there who don't remember, it was very rare for a conference to have a code of conduct. And it did start, uh, SJ and I were talking about this a little bit before the episode started. It did start with the idea of do no harm, be excellent to each other, which was a great communal value, but not very designed to be specific. Um, the The... Geek girl, um, I'll look up the exact. But there was there was there was a group that got together and said, "Here's your basic." The Geek Feminism the, Wiki. Geek, yes, that's the one. Um, the Geek Feminism Wiki got together and said, "Here's like your standard. We're going to build a standard code of conduct. This is what you. This is your most basic, like, you know, thing to do. This is all you have to do, and you've got a code of conduct in place that has actionable uh, realities for if situations occur." Awesome. And so many, so many conferences have taken that, tweaked it a little bit, you know, specified it, made it more specific, but it was a wonderful basis to start. Um, I feel like that's where we are with people like Don doing a talk um, or Coraline coming up with things like ethical dev, um, like these things where there's a discussion, but it's not, we can't formalize it yet. And Coraline touched on it a little bit. Like, is there a way to do this in a universal way? Maybe. Um, I mean, every company has a mission statement. We strive to make people's lives better. Great. Let's get a little more specific and say we strive to ethically make people's lives better. I wonder better. if it's signing a pledge of some sort of universal pledge because a code of conduct is something that's applied to a specific space and time. Right. Ephemeral. Um, and so I think we would need to, I've seen, ple I, or I remember seeing a bunch of, you know, um, I, can't, I don't remember what it was called, but there was a hackathon 
um, kind of pledge that was going on for a while that a bunch of people signed like 10 years ago. <laughs> um, I don't even remember if it was so much a, pl a pledge as like a best practices guide that a bunch of people were like, we're going to follow these hackathon best practices. Um, but something like that could be interesting. Right. And I think the, the hard part is going to be finding the line between what needs to be a hard and fast rule that everybody follows and what needs to be a little more flexible. Like, I mean, I know that, you know, I have a hard and fast rule. I'll never pitch on stage. I will never pitch a product on stage. Um, my, I make that very clear to my clients when they sign up with me. I'm not here to pitch you. I'll wear your t-shirt. I will talk about the technology surrounding that which you use. I don't pitch on stage. It's not a sales conference. Um, if you send me to a sales conference, I might do that, but that's, you know, a specific scenario. But I know people that there, there are DevRel teams at large scale organizations that that's all they do. Um, I think that puts a dark mark on, on DevRel practitioners. And I've seen a backlash to it where they say, we don't believe it's ethical for you to come pitch on stage. If you define yourself as Dev Evangelist, Dev Advocate, DevRel, don't apply here. Um, they want people who are doing, you know, the real stuff. And that's unfortunate. Um, luckily I own my company so I could change my job title whenever I want. Um, but you know, and we could talk about the ethics of that too, but you know, it, yeah. But I mean, maybe, maybe, and maybe these two things tie in together. The, the, the whole idea that came up with codes of conduct where a lot of people who are doing DevRel said, I will not speak at a conference that does not have at least a basic code of conduct. Um, and that, you know, made, made the community take note and they were like, oh, well, we better get our shit together and, and at least have this geek feminism code of conduct that we can have something or we're going to lose good speakers. And I've seen, I've seen conferences go down and die because they would refuse. They were like, we don't think we need this. And it's like, well, then you don't need me. And that's the Royal me, not just the me, me, but the, everyone who is me. Appreciate the clarification there. <laughs> So, I mean, where does, so that leaves us kind of in a, something to look forward to and work toward as a broader tech industry, as well as the DevRel industry, but where does that leave each of us today? What's, you know, we have the takeaway of um, figuring out your own personal code of ethics and where do you stand and what lines are you not willing to cross? Do we start publicizing those and saying, you know, we write up our, our personal code of ethics and then post it on your own personal blog so that other folks know what the general standards are and what other folks in the industry are and are not willing to do. Right. I, I think I think that is exactly where we start. It, it, it needs to be a public thing. Yeah. Take a stand. If you don't take a stand, no one else is going to stand with you. It's interesting. It's something I um, attempted to weave into a lot of the consulting work that I was doing and the messaging around that. Um, but I wasn't super explicit about it. Um, I think there's an opportunity and it certainly informs, like, I think I, I don't have it on paper anywhere, but I definitely have it in my heart <laughs> about the sort of lines in the sand that I, that I draw. And, you know, some, I, I was really interested to hear from Coraline and uh, Don what the, their lines in the sand were for, you know, identifying from an external perspective, which companies are sort of fighting the good fight. And for me, it's about, you know, transparency. I think that's probably the biggest word and sharing change and sharing openness to change and the nitty gritty details involved with that. And so I don't know where I'm going this, I trailed off a little bit, but <laughs> just that, 
I, I, I'm like, yes, I want to do this. I want to do this thing. And I would love to see, I would love to understand what the momentum was around the geek feminism wiki that made that the standard and how that came together as a kind of case study to learn from for how we can emulate that for DevRel. I think that's a great idea. And I, I think I think you bring out bring out a point which I think is 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 was underlying what you were saying, but not the point of what you were saying. And that's that it's going to be work. Yeah. Um, like anyone who thinks that we're just going to magically turn on you know a, turn a switch or or write you know uh, 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 an article and everybody's going to be like, sweet, we understand ethics and how it works and we're all happy together and being cool and ethical. You mean that's the difficult gonna... topic isn't easy to solve? Come on, PJ. Listen, it. <laughs> Exactly. It's exactly what I'm trying to say. But, and that's, that's the problem is, is don't, let's not oversimplify and say, oh, we just have to worry about when companies take non-ethical stances or unethical stances. It's, it's all of us. What happens when you take uh, a stance that I think is unethical? That's interesting. We're doing a, in the midst of doing kind of a developer journey mapping exercise with the UX team. And I'm wondering if like, you can take a similar type of like, approach by interviewing as many different DevRel folks as we can, because I think we need really diverse input on this to make it something that's, you know, applicable industry-wide and kind of identifying what are the lines in the sand for, for folks and then pooling together whatever the most frequent commonalities are and creating yeah. kind of a pledge based on that. Yeah. Well, I think the thing I think you know what maybe this is something that really worked well for OSMI, um, open sourcing mental illness when they first got started was uh, doing a survey and finding out what people actually thought about talking about mental health, um, and this was like super important research that's helped inform what we do all the time there. Uh, maybe we need, and I'm not saying we royally we we have a, the three of us and Jason who's not even here because he's so busy have a lot on our plates, um, but maybe we need a survey needs to be put together. That start, you know, and it starts with like the non-gray area, like, you know, how do you feel about killing folks? Well, I think killing folks is wrong. Um, and 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 bring people into that gray area and see what kind of answers they they start to they start to get towards to establish like where is the line in the sand? Get some statistics. I'm always a big fan of get the statistics to back up what you have to say. Yeah. And adding into those gray areas, then we go into open source, where if you put any sort of restrictions around what companies can or can't use your software, it suddenly doesn't apply as an open source license, mm. which is a whole other topic that I would love That's to get a into whole with other topic Coraline. I, I know. Love to discuss. <laughs> love to discuss it. But I know she's done um, a lot of work toward that as well. So but maybe this is on maybe it's another episode. So actually I'm I'm gonna put out an official call to folks. If this is something you're interested in us pursuing or interested in helping us pursue, because as PJ said, a lot of us have a lot of things on our plate, as I know everybody does. Um, But if you're interested in us kind of pursuing this topic and learning more about it and sending out a survey and helping us promote the survey and write the survey and everything else, drop us a line Um, on Twitter. You can find us at community underscore pulse. You can, I believe there's a contact us form on our website. Um, but you can reach out to us personally, reach out to us as a group, uh, let us know if you're interested in being a part of this, because it's definitely something that's, I think, close to all of our hearts at this point and something that we're interested in pursuing more. It's just a matter of figuring out the right way to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the great thing is, you know, this being a community situation and the community is willing to help. Um, but yeah, I, all of our contact information is at the end of the show. Uh, listen to it. Um, 
get in touch. Let's fix shit. Let's fix shit. With that, I think that's another great After Pulse. Um, in the After After Pulse, I'll talk about how great this After Pulse episode was. <laughs> no, there you go. But in reality, thank you everybody for listening. Um, please, you know, let us know your thoughts. Share them with us. Twitter, get a hold of us on Slack. We're, all of us are so public. It's easy to find us. Um, get in touch. Let us know what you think. Um, leave us reviews. Um, talk about the soothing sounds of my voice. Whatever. Um, this is a community podcast. Let's make it a community situation. Um, and with that, have an awesome time and we'll talk to you next month. Thanks everybody. You've been listening to The After Pulse. To find out more or to check out past episodes, go to communitypulse.io or look for Community Pulse wherever you get your podcast. The After Pulse is hosted by Mary Thangval at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. SJ Morris at Sarah Jane Morris on Twitter. Jason Hand at Jason Hand on Twitter. And PJ Haggerty at Asplenic on Twitter. You can find Community Pulse on Twitter at at community underscore pulse. Thanks for listening. <laughs>